Welcome to episode four already of the Bob Jeswald Show. I, I'm going to read this because I took time with this, and I think it's it's real poignant. So let's talk about it. I'm so pumped up right now because my guest tonight literally has the pulse on heart health. You like that? The impacts every one of us, regardless of our age, you need to hear. Okay? And as Arnold Schwarzenegger would say, I want to pump. Well, actually, it should be pump you up. It's coming up. Personal power, people positive, the community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show. And welcome, everybody, to episode four. I'm Bob Jeswald, and I'm so thankful you're joining us. This show appeals to everybody in the world. Our podcast will stretch from west to east coast, central and in between. We're broadcasting out of Columbus, Georgia. So we're glad you're here with us this week. And I want to introduce my guests. Thank you for joining us. You know, positivity, community, and energy, and health, and fitness, and everything else is Dr. Hunter Champion. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be in the top five of the, of the first episodes. <laughs> you, so. you, it's an honor. <laughs> Absolutely. If it was six, I probably would not be quite as excited. Uh, I'd still be excited. Okay, good. But top five is huge. Okay. Now, I could be lying to you. you know, I could have just <laughs> said it. But no, I think if you see that, you'll look at the podcast play zone, you'll see what order you're gotcha. in. So that, that's proof of, proof of performance there. So uh, medical doctor, PhD, tell us a little bit about yourself because... Dr. Champion, you're not just the typical cardiologist. You 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 broaden yourself out a little bit. You get really in depth, especially with research and much sure. more. So I was born in Opelika back when it was called Lee County Hospital, uh, but grew up in Thomasville, Georgia, right on the Georgia Florida line. Uh, did my undergrad at Emory, uh, then did my MD PhD at Tulane in New Orleans. From there, I went to the Johns Hopkins Hospital, uh, where I did all my internship, residency training. Stayed on faculty there, trained in heart failure and transplant cardiology, uh, and ran a big program for them. Uh, got recruited after that. In 2009 to go to University of Pittsburgh, okay. where I ran the largest pulmonary hypertension and heart failure program in the country. Now, you're a heart failure specialist. Explain that to you. The only one really around this region. There's not really, many people like this. Really the only this. one between Birmingham yeah. and Jacksonville and Atlanta Mobile. So heart failure is a disease uh, which can be either the heart not pumping well or the heart being stiff uh, that results in fluid overload. So people who have problems with swelling, people who have problems with shortness of breath, people who have problems with, with fluid retention, uh, I'm really the specialist for that. And we look at all of the underlying causes of that as well as a specific condition called pulmonary hypertension or high blood pressure in the lungs. It never, I never even knew there was such a thing. It's the second circulation. That makes sense, though, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Absolutely. the heart's pumping, getting oxygen, the lungs are processing it, sending it back into the vascular system, and if those are plugged up or whatever, by golly, we have some have some issues. Correct. Before we get even in depth here, this is an interesting topic. I hope everybody agrees. This is an awesome show. This is we have so much we're going to talk about. If they don't agree, they'll turn it off. No, yeah, that's <laughs> right. But they, they got to really stay tuned to the second half hour. Wait till they hear this. But just to give people a little bit of background, you work for Southeastern Cardiology in the Columbus, Georgia area. That's correct. And you work out of one of the hospitals. What do you do? One of the Tell us a little bit about that. So, so with Southeastern Cardiology, yeah. we're we're an independent group here in okay. in, in Columbus, Georgia. Um, myself and five other partners uh, have got a great practice uh, together. We go to all the hospitals: St. Francis, Northside, Piedmont, Midtown. Um, I'm personally part of Emory Health Network. So, uh, oh, so, in, ter awesome. so in, in yeah. terms of uh, doing that, and then then have a faculty appointment with uh, Mercer University School of Medicine, and which is coming right here to Columbus, Georgia, Absolutely. being built right now as we speak. It's Correct. being constructed on this day right now, and and so whenever you're watching this, it may be completed by then who knows so we have this opportunity to bring in you know mercer central georgia medical students here and you'll be able to work with them to get the latest and greatest of everything but you you're tapped in with that with the, all these different subjects but get, before we get to that again i just want to loosen things up a little bit to mm -hmm. show you first of all he's definitely not a doctor for a loss of words i mean you you <laughs> sense of humor fast he's great he's an awesome guy and i know you personally mm -hmm. um the funniest moment i had with you before we, we when we first met i just got to say this was at church you know and being Catholic to Catholic and a Southern Catholic, at, at right. that, which is really interesting, is that you uh, said to me one time, you go, Bobby J, you even call me Bobby J, which is funny. People up north, where I'm from New York, upstate New York, said the same thing. They always call me Bobby J. And you just right. it rolled off your tongue naturally with no one ever telling you that. And when you said it, it was kind of, I felt it was affectionate. It was, it was good. It was very personable. And, and you were talking about me and the pulpit. Explain that, not in the pulpit. I wasn't there yet. I liked her now. That's why I said that. But no, I actually was in the, in the pew and you said something. Do you remember that? 
Okay, this is what you said. So I can read this. It was so funny, and I laugh. I tell my wife this all the time. You go, look, I know Bobby J is a man of God. He's got his faith because he's sitting there praying, and I was watching him sitting there with his hands folded, and he was deep in prayer. And you, the way you said it, you know, Bobby J, you're a man of faith. That's and, exactly and the way right. you said it with that Absolutely. southern vernacular. Right. Could you repeat that again? <laughs> Bobby J, we know you're a man of faith. There you go. I love it. <laughs> there, now, there's, a, there's another podcast for that. That's and just so you know, too, yes. I don't know if you know this, but myself and a number of my friends, we have Bobby J watch. And oh, so, so whenever we hear about inclement weather coming, we okay. automatically go straight to finding out where Bobby J is and what we're doing. So I appreciate so that. Absolutely. That, it's an honor and I'm humble. That's really good. And I am a meteorologist by day and uh, at night we'll do the podcast here too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so getting back to getting back to what you were saying, and I think this is really interesting, understanding the lungs and you have all this expertise People listening, should everybody get a cardiology check up and should they, and, and I know, I know the answer for me, but should everybody at least do that before they get into health and fitness? If you take on something big, cause it could be a silent killer. Absolutely. So it's a great question. And, and, and we hear this a lot. I think, you know, one of the things that, that I, I can always count on an uptick in people wanting to come see me when someone in the neighborhood has a problem themselves, you know, oh my goodness, did you hear about so-and-so? No, what? He had to have a stent put in or, oh no, he had a heart attack. And so that then stimulates, stimulates, usually it's the, it's the spouses or significant others that then stimulate their, 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 uh, right. their other significant others to come in. But, but really to your point, I think seeing someone, especially if you're about to engage in a significant activity, like, you know, training for a marathon, getting back in shape. I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, especially when we think about women. I think a lot of people kind of think that sure. that, that, that heart problems are going to be like Fred Sanford. If you remember Sanford and right. son, you know, oh, Elizabeth, I'm coming to see you, honey. You know, I'm bringing the llama with me. Um, but, but really it could be as something as simple as just being fatigued. It can be a little shortness of breath going up the stairs. And, you know, one of the problems that I think we have is so few people have a really good exercise program. The patients that I have that do the best are the ones that say, Hunter, I normally do two miles a day. I'm able to do that. been able to do that for three or four years, no problem. Now when I hit a mile and three quarter, I feel like I'm hitting the wall or I feel like I'm getting more short of breath. I'm having to stop and rest. By the time you get short of breath going from the sofa to the kitchen, it may be really far gone. So I think certainly to your point, seeing someone, before, even if it's your primary care physician, let them decide, should you then go further to a cardiologist? Mm -hmm to the, just get that, that, uh, that type of workup. Um, we have a special type of test in our office called a cardiopulmonary exercise test. We've got the only one outside of Atlanta and Birmingham and Jacksonville. And what that test does is that lets us see people, how their heart and lungs are working together. It gives about 30 different parameters. And especially if you're shortness of breath, what part of your shortness of breath is from your heart? What part is from your lungs? What part is from just deconditioning? And so that gives patients a lot of, a lot of um, strength in knowing, hey, when I get hot, sweaty, feel tired and run yes. down, I just stop and get my wind, but then get right back after it. I'm not hurting myself. And I, I actually had uh, that done with me this. a couple of years ago. And I got to tell everybody, it's nothing. It's not a big deal. It's, uh, it's, it's not really invasive, hardly at all. Just, you know, I got a little, little uh, IV in there mm -hmm. and, you know, got on a treadmill, which I love to do anyway. Right. And uh, we're able to determine in my case that I, my heart accelerates up to at high levels. Mm -hmm. It does a little pop up, does a little skip it a beat, skip right. it a beat. Then you guys told me, keep an eye on it, Bob. Just listen mm -hmm. to it if anything weird happens or comes along. And again, this, this show, a lot of times I can bring it home a little bit and I'll dive right into it with COVID. Sure. Um, you know, obviously topic of everything. People have been sedentary and we're saying that too. You just mentioned it before the show tonight and being a little bit of a couch potato by no fault of anybody's own, you know, maybe gyms or clothes. We're, we're talking about this last week in our episode uh, episode three, I think you're in four. Okay. So, um, on episode three, but what we're looking at is that when, when I was sitting at home, I kept exercise because I am somebody who does that mm -hmm. and I kept doing what I was supposed mm -hmm. to do. Uh, let me start with that one first. Is this for people to get out and get fit, go for it, but always see, and I always say, it's always good to see your doctor. If anyone listening now, because I'm encouraging people, you know, fitness and health is good because that's going to strengthen the heart, right? The Absolutely. cardiovascular system. We, you encourage that, right? Correct. And let, even with people, I've seen people with quadruple bypass surgery mm -hmm. walk here in town and now they're doing half marathon walking right. and not necessarily they have to run, mm -hmm. but they're walking or doing some kind of consistent exercise. Right. So that being said, um, anybody who is not able to get out and work out and they mm -hmm. want to and then they, maybe they just got over covid and, mm -hmm. and they've been sitting at home this mm -hmm. last year in 2020 and part of 2021 what would you say to them so i think i think a couple things there okay. one if you've had covid you know, talk with your physicians, find out if, uh, if, if, if getting started is, is a good thing for you. And if so, get some recommendations. I mean, I'll tell you, now that the weather is getting beautiful up yes. your alley, hey, 
It is. It is. <laughs> and especially since we have a little rain every now and then that washes right. that pollen away. Um, get outside. You know, I think part of what, what, what has been really tough for a lot of my patients has just been cooped up. And, and it's been a little bit of being stir crazy in a closed up house. And fresh air is so good for you. So I say, get out there. And even if it's something as simple as puttering around the yard, go for a walk. Get your family. Y'all go for a walk around the block. You know, I wouldn't jump up and try to run for 13 miles. Sure. But, but get up and, and start walking. And so I think staying active is critical. And if you haven't been staying active, get active. I got to tell everyone at home, I had, I had COVID in December. And, and I talked to Dr. Champion and I said, you know, I just got over it. And I told you I did some, we'll talk about preventative measures too. But I said, you know, Dr. Champion, I, I'm just itching. I got to get out there. I have to go out and work out. And you said something that was really salient. I, I thought it was so germane what you said. It, it, it's a bit of common sense. But at the same time, you told me, Bobby J, listen to yourself. Take it slow. Do a little strength training, mm -hmm. and then kind of ease into the cardio. Absolutely, and I think, and I think a key thing here with a lot of us, I think a lot of us are really deconditioned, and mm -hmm. so really, I'm a big believer in weight training and resistance training just as much as I am cardio training. And you know, still, we always talk about vitamin D and, and calcium for bone strength, but really, one of the best ways, and that's still important, but one of the best ways to strengthen your bones is with resistance training. Okay. So whether it's you know some of the it, some of the flexible bands, the the, uh, the the physical therapy bands, or weights. Those are really good. Build that strength, get that muscle tone back, and then, you know, get out and start walking and do some cardio as well. Excellent. And, and I took your advice, and I got to tell you, it worked. And I still get those moments. I have um, athletic induced asthma, and we talked mm -hmm. about that a little bit too. And, of course, you can't help it at times you get paranoid. But no, I can tell this to everybody at home. Knowing that I have not only my primary physician, but I have my cardiologist right here too, they both go hand in hand together. And it really gives you a peace of mind because a lot of times – you, you don't get any in an excuse mode. You, you know that I'm loaded and armed with some information and I can uh, listen to myself and take those, mm -hmm. those great recommendations that you came up with and implement it in part of my uh, daily workout routine. And, right. and it works tremendously. And, I, and I'm, I'm here to tell you it, it has worked and I, I feel really good about it. Speaking of which, and you hit the nail on the head earlier and I, I heard you say it, we talk so much, we hear about it. CDC and all everybody else mm -hmm. talking about, you know, get the vaccine six feet apart, wear the max. We're socially distancing mm -hmm. quite a bit here in the studio for people to know at home. But but here's the thing. There's other things you could do for preventive measure. We're not hearing it. If there are people on the fence about getting vaccinated and this and that, what what else can we do? And I tell you, I've been so upset in this last year and, right. and, and other people, you know, people that I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan and, yeah. and some, of the, some of the other other podcasters and things like that. Um, I have not been on Joe Rogan yet. He's he I just talked to my news director he deconstructed his studio. He, he didn't, my news director even said, he goes, I just don't care for his studio, his new podcast right. studio. Spotify was, pays him like $300 million mm -hmm. to do this. He they just destroyed the whole studio. I guess he built a new studio. Right. Just a little sidebar there. Pretty amazing. Yeah. But, 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 but the thing that I've been kind of wishing that, that more people would talk about is preventative maintenance in terms of your own immune system. So things, simple things, getting enough rest at night. Don't stay up all night. Get plenty of sleep. Things like making sure your vitamin D level is okay. You know, vitamin D has been, you know, low vitamin D has been linked to, um, to, to problems associated with COVID. Um, things like zinc, you know, simple, simple things, multivitamin. Uh, and, uh, but like I said, rest and, and building your immune system. And that's again, where the exercise comes in. So, you know, in a time when COVID first came out, I think everybody said, I'm going to go wrap myself up in bubble wrap and stay in the house, sure. which was probably not the necessarily the right thing to do. Granted at that time, we really didn't know anything about COVID, right? right sure. I mean, if you think about the last year, our, our, our knowledge of this condition has just skyrocketed. So, so I think, but again, thinking about things, getting rest, getting exercise, um, keeping your vitamin D level. Okay. Things like that, um, really have not been discussed and, and really should be because those are certainly more natural ways to, to do it. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that, that is fantastic uh, information and actually eases the mind a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is it is it a good replacement, though, for, let's say, a vaccine or not? Well, you know, and I think the vaccines had a lot of discussion associated with it. And I, and I, and I think certainly, you know, there have been some concerns about how fast the vaccines have been rolled out mm -hmm. and, and things sure. like that. But, but you know, at the, at the same time, you know, this has been a, a crisis. And so, so at sometimes we have to kind of think about, you know, risk versus benefit as a group, especially for us in cardiology, if you are a high-risk group, 
we recommend the vaccine simply because your risk of contracting a, a severe problem or dying from COVID is far out, far outweighs the risk associated with, with any potential vaccine condition. And, and that, I got to tell you, in itself really made a difference, especially supplements, like you were mm-hmm. saying. I think it helped me towards that end. Had a little loss of smell, mm-hmm. had the flu symptoms, terrible aches and pains, wicked headache that kicked it off, and chills and fever went away after day two. And, I mean, I got the full gamut. I mean, I got the full seven-day, you know, a la carte. Right. You know, here, here it is. It was more than a la carte, actually. It was, on, it was everything. It was a full, full package. But... It, I did do some melatonin. I mm-hmm. was told by a nurse friend of mine that also had it, and Bob takes some melatonin, but I never really got to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And I and you you said because of rest. Now was that because it helps you rest, so therefore it helps your immune system? It, it does, and, and for okay. those for those at home, melatonin is a hormone that our bodies produce naturally. Okay, um, it tends to start going up right around dark. And we'd actually done I did undergraduate research in melatonin way back at Emory, and the I won't date myself too bad, but in the in the late eighties, early nineties, yeah. and um, and so taking that actually helps supplement and, and it actually helps you rest. Okay. Part of the problem with melatonin, people don't take it correctly. So they try to take it right before they go to bed. It doesn't work that way. You're much better off trying to take it around dinner time. And then by then it slowly gets into your bloodstream. And by the time it's bedtime, it's then at a level where it really does help you sleep. Could it be why I get groggy the next day? And it like, certainly could be. could be. That's interesting. I did not know that. Okay. I, I love this. Ed McMahon would say, I, I did not know that for those who yes. are old enough to remember as we yes. date ourselves again. So, supplements, mm-hmm. exercise, mm-hmm. all these good things, mm-hmm. um, you know, exercise in the lungs and all these good things, better practices and diet and mm-hmm. health and fitness and all these mm-hmm. good things all come hand in hand, come together in this. Yes. So when you hear about marathon runners, mm-hmm. and, I, and, I, and I've heard about them, this guy's in great shape, or she was one, I mean, she is in best shape, and then all of a sudden fall over with a massive heart attack and dies. Mm-hmm. Are, is there anything there for us triathletes and, and all these other people that we can do to prevent, is it a possibility to find out and, and it, what age would that be the best to do that at? I know so, it's a tough question. So there's, well, there's a couple yeah. of things in there and I think, I think embedded in there. So I think there's a couple of things. Okay. One is, and I tell, tell a lot of my marathon runners, I said, you can outrun a lot of things, yeah. but you can't outrun genetics sometimes. And oh, so, okay. and, and, and I think this is, this is one of those places where science and medicine, you know, sometimes it's more of an art. Um, quick story. When I was at Hopkins, um, I had a, a fellow come see me. He was not a marathon runner. He was an ultra marathon runner. So right. this guy would ride, run, run like 75 miles at a time. And he, he came to see me and he said, I've been to Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. I went to Brigham Women's, which was a Harvard hospital. And he says, they tell me there's nothing wrong with me. He says, but I'm telling you, I hit the wall at mile 40. And I said, I said, okay, well, I'm going to take this seriously. And he said, if you tell me everything is fine, I'm done. I'll just suck it up and call it a day. So I said, well, did they do any testing on you? He said, no. So I said, well, why don't we test you. I said, if you're feeling this, let's see what we can do. The nurses hated me because I had him do a treadmill test. This guy broke every record at Hopkins for the treadmill. They had to bring in new nurses and new fellows because of all of what he was doing. And it kind of ended up looking like that scene in Rocky four. Episode four. Episode four. Episode four. There's, there's something going so on here. Where, where, where Ivan Drago yeah. is, is, is kind yes. of going up and down like this. Yeah. That's kind of the way this guy was doing. Wow. And, sudden, and so we were doing it and they were looking at me like, this guy is nuts. You know, why is Hunter Champion doing this? Long story short, he says, that's it. Um, that's what I feel. And I looked at his EKG and every one of his EKG leads went. So this, I'll never forget it. This was at one o'clock in the afternoon. I had him in the cath lab by three o'clock by 5 PM. He was getting bypass surgery. So he actually had left main disease. So, you know, they talk about the widow maker. Sure, right. The left main is before the widow maker. Oh, and so, it, but, but, but the thing is there is because he was so conditioned, you know, and we see that a lot. We actually see a lot of elite athletes actually ignore a lot of the symptoms because they don't feel a lot of the same symptoms because they're so conditioned. And so, um, so he, he, it takes, takes someone to believe you to begin with, but it also takes someone to notice. And so he noticed this is what's going on with me. Something is different. And uh, I tell people all the time, you, you don't know if your brakes are working. If you're sitting in park in the parking lot, and you're hitting your brakes. You don't know if they're working. You've got to rev it up and, and then test them. So we need to do that with our hearts as well. And so with, with, with him, um, a lot of these elite athletes, they just, they, again, because their heart is so conditioned, they don't feel the, yeah, the classic sense. symptoms. And, you know, and I'll tell anybody at home too, when I had this athletic induced asthma thing, mm-hmm. which I never even knew it even existed. I mean, I started talking to other athletes and they're like, Bob, of course I, I've had that. I've taken an inhaler rescue or an albuterol right. or something like that. And then you had me on a little bit of a, a little bit of a steroid right after post COVID, right. which was different from a rescue. Correct. Inhaler. 
It, then this gets into the pulmonary side because that helped me. Right. That decreases the inflammation in the lungs. And I think, you know, uh, to your point earlier, there's a lot of things that we see now post-COVID. And mm -hmm. so we're just now realizing that things that you have to look for, you know, we've got some people who after they have COVID, boom, they're fine. You know, two weeks later, they're back doing their usual routine. But we have other people, though, who have a more convalescent period. I mean, they, they have where they're still short of breath. They get palpitations. They may get chest pain. We actually have seen, not to scare everybody and make everybody yeah. think they've got sure. a blood clot, but we see actually a lot of COVID associated with blood clots. Wow. And yeah. so blood clots that go to the lung uh, that can cause high blood pressure in the lungs can make you short of breath and that type of thing. That's an, and, and if without everybody getting every time you feel a symptom or ailment, my wife right. would tell you, and right. you happen to know who she is, that uh, I, I get, I get, she calls me a hypochondriac, but a hypochondriac by definition from a doctor, that would mean like, what, what would you say if somebody's a hypochondriac? I, I have to digress here and say this. Well, well you know, by definition, a hypochondriac is someone who feels like they've got a lot of, lot of medical issues, but they don't really exist. Okay. And, and so generally speaking now, now, you know, it's, I think it's good to be in tune with your body. And I think if you, if, if you think there's something going on, get an opinion. Now, if you get on four or five opinions and everybody says the same thing, maybe it's not them, maybe it's you. Gotcha. And see, I just want people to know, don't be that person and feel like I don't want to be considered this. I don't need that male macho mm -hmm. thing. You hear back in my generation of the days it was my uncles, it was my grandfather. They were old Italian. They would say they're they're tastaluda, they're hardheaded, they're 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 people who they just I don't go to the doctor. I'm okay. I'll be okay. And mm -hmm. you know I have uncles and a heart history in my family mm -hmm. that all passed in their late fifties and mid sixties even. So I didn't want to be that person. Right. So I always eat healthy. And that has a lot to do with why I am who I am today because I've always thought that. But when you say genetics, you can't outrun genetics. Mm -hmm. And that, that's very interesting. Same thing with triglycerides and all that sure. other crazy stuff. I've never been on a, uh, any kind of, um, uh, what is it, your, your blood, what do you call it, your uh, liver Cle cl cholesterol, cholesterol medicine. Yeah, statin. just statin drug, right. And I did a statin like, years ago, and it made my muscles sore. And, of course, again, is it my imagination? But I really am real sensitive to certain kind of medications mm -hmm. and whatnot. But found out that through the regimen we had, along with my primary care physician, it was Dr. Bush, who just retired, by the way, he was really good at listening to me. Mm -hmm. And because he did so, I had other doctors in other places that just wanted to cram that statin drug down, do it, do it, Bob, do it. And I'm just so thankful I didn't because he, they, he was right. After these mm -hmm. 15, 16 years I was with Dr. Bush, we, we proved that. I mean, I'm still here to prove it to you. Right. Although I still have that really crazy good cholesterol at only like 32 to 34 range sure. and triglycerides at 110, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, you know, they kind of go, they fluctuate, you know. Right. And so that being said, still eating healthy, could diet and all that still kind of surpass that the genetic code that you have. It, is there any way of getting yeah. around that without having to be on medicines and yeah. being an athlete? It, it, I mean, it certainly yeah. can. And, and, and I'll tell you, I think, you know, I, I always talk a, lot, talk a lot about the serenity prayer. You know, sure. Lord, let me change the things I have the power to control. Try not to, try, try not to worry about the things I can't control and okay. have the grace to know the difference. And so, you know, genetics really can't control that. Now, you can do other modifiable things. And so, so you know, diet, exercise. One of my best friends from college uh, went and got a big physical. He's an executive type guy and uh, with uh, Ernst & Young. He got one of his executive physicals and his cholesterol was really high. He completely changed his diet, started doing, you know, CrossFit and, and, and uh, significantly improving his, his cardio routine. His cholesterol now is totally normal. Now, that said, the statin therapies, in some cases, about 1% of the patients do feel muscle aches, muscle pains. It tends not to be small muscles. It tends to be large muscles, like large thighs and back muscles. Um, I've had patients that have had problems with one statin, but they do great with another one if that's required. Nowadays, we have other medications, though, that are non-statin medicines to lower cholesterol have none of the same side effects yeah. and are very well tolerated if you need it. Um, yeah. And I, I tell my patients all the time, I do not want you on any more medicine than you need to be on. And if we could do it more naturally, great. Um, I also tell them that I'm not going to harp on it. If I recommend something and they, and they don't do it, that's okay. It's, you know, I, I, as long as they know the, as long as they have an education as to, yeah. as to the reason. And as, as, as long as they recognize too, that I'm going to say, I told you so if something bad happens. Yeah, that's good. I mean, let's, you know, and that, that says a lot in that statement speaks mm -hmm. volumes. If, we are looking at ourselves it just individually. Everybody is different. As you mm -hmm. just said, everyone's going to have a different case. So what applies to Bob Jeswald doesn't apply to Jane Smith and vice versa. So we have to make sure that we all, you know, you know, take this today as you're listening and, and know that you should go see your, your, your primary care physician. And mm -hmm. if you feel like you need a cardiologist, do it. Because I think of that because a heart is everything. I right. mean, let's face it. If you don't have good cardio and vascular, you're, you're done. Right. I mean, that's what keeps every organ functioning the brain from thinking to right. walking to 
you know, doing bodily functions, whatever it may be, we need that heart pumping. And it's working all the time. Yeah. And think about it. It's a, it's an active muscle. Right. And if you think about yourself, you know, we all go get our car or we all go get our oil mm-hmm. changed and our filter changed. Why not? You know, that, that's preventative maintenance. That's so your heart, that's so your car doesn't leave you on the side of the road. Why not do the same thing with your heart? And the one statistic in cardiology that hasn't changed in 150 years of us doing this, I would say us, I haven't been around that long, but 150 years yeah. of us doing this, 30% of people who have a heart attack never make it to the hospital. So, you know, if you think about that a yeah. little bit, I think, I think a lot of times people aren't quite as scared of heart attacks because they know that they had an uncle that had a stent or somebody went and had a heart cath and had a stent and things like that. But, you know, if you think about your recent past, we all know somebody who, you know, just didn't wake up one morning or they were on the treadmill or, or they were on a bike and, and, and had that sudden heart attack and, and, and died. Yeah, that's true. And I, I remember, you, you know, we, uh, participate a lot in southeastern cardiology does too and do a great job with the heart ball we had over the years mm-hmm. and in different heart you know uh, events that we did and you were there and and they, they all work i mean mm-hmm. they those kind of things to get that energy going people understand right heart and stroke go together we, we were talking about like you know you, you think of heart attacks and massive heart attacks you think of this young person who all of a sudden has a heart attack and falls out how young should we go i mean when you think of cardiovascular health you, you mm-hmm. start thinking of like your grandparents grandma grandpa how, without being that person, would it be recommended to say? I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, yeah. I see I see teenagers. So okay. I, I saw a okay. saw, saw a young man here a month ago. He's a, he's an avid golfer. He's going to be playing D one Division right. Golf. He's outstanding. Oh. Um, but he he noticed he was having a lot of extra beats, especially when he was sitting over putts. He 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 felt like he was going to pass out. I mean, so symptoms that, that that really you know would not get you labeled as a hypochondriac, but right. symptoms that make you say, hey, and, and I take everybody seriously. You know, if you come in and you say, hey, I'm having these symptoms. We're going to we're going to try to get to the bottom of it, and 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 some symptoms are no problem. There are certain extra beats that you may have. There are certain fast rhythms that are no concern, but there are others that are more concerning. I mean, I have you know young people who passing out would be a symptom, uh, shortness of breath, especially you know that's getting that seems to be getting worse, or it takes longer for you to get get uh, get your wind back. Um, certainly chest pain. You know, yeah. some people can have congenital heart malformations that for which chest pain comes about. You know, in your teens or even in your early twenties. We put a stent in a 27-year-old not too long ago, and it's 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 not scary when you see a 27-year-old if they haven't taken care of themselves, and you're kind of like, oh, well, of course, you know, that kind sure. of thing. But when you see somebody that has a normal cholesterol with normal blood pressure and who is relatively fit and they need a stent, that's what piques your interest. And you're like, what in the world's different there? And and what what should I take seriously and, and, and not take seriously? Is there anything such as you, we talked about ultra marathon runners, mm-hmm. you know, there's triathletes, mm-hmm. whatever, there's people who just like to run every day, mm-hmm. there's CrossFit trainers, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's a lot of cardio involved in sure. that. And, and, uh, and when you're doing like a little CrossFit at the same time, interjecting a little cardio and you're back to the strength training, you're back to the cardio yep. and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there, could you ever do something where it would actually, uh, it could be a small little problem there that you're not aware of and maybe make it worse. Like, could you get an enlarged heart from overworking it? Is there, is there any of that? Is there well, any worry of that? Or so, it- so there is what's called an athlete's heart. And so when you're young and you're highly athletic, when you're older, when you're highly athletic, um, you can get a thickening of your heart muscle. But the thickening of your heart muscle that you get from exercise, like I always used to use Lance Armstrong as the, as the sure. prototype, but, but any other elite athlete, um, that thickness is different from the thickness that you get from, say, high blood pressure. So high blood pressure, you get thickness of the heart with, with some fibrosis and some scarring that make it stiffer. The, the thickness you get from an athletic type heart is completely different. And we used to actually, when I was at Hopkins, we did a lot of studies with this where we had uh, some of our experimental lab animals, we taught them how to swim. And we could, we could actually make animals that have heart failure, we could make them live longer by swimming and, wow. uh, and, and promote that, that good heart, that good athletic muscle uh, more so than the other. And you know, the funny thing is we still do not understand how exercise works. I mean, everybody always laughs and, and, and Saturday Night Live always says, you know, in the journal, duh, exercise yeah, helps yeah, this. Sure. But, but really, we still do not understand how large muscles and that type of cardio really communicate with the heart. And, and really what the mechanism is there. So I think there is, a, I think there's a neural, neural mechanism. I think there's a feedback mechanism. I think there's a hormonal mechanism that the heart and the muscles talk to each other to then to learn how to promote. We actually did an experiment back That's then where we, we, we had some of these swimming animals and, uh, and we would take another set of the same type of animals and we would give them medicine to make their heart rate go the same as it was with exercise and keep their blood pressure the same as it was with exercise. The ones that swam lived longer than the ones that had the medicine that wow. re- tried to recreate wow. the same cardiac physiology. 
So there could be something neurological or yeah. some kind of communication. Absolutely. The that, that that, 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 that's why you know, I tell my patients all the time, ABM, always yeah. be moving. Always be moving. I that's love it. it. That is a new acronym. Right. I'm, I'm going to use that. I also tell them that and I also tell them all the time, don't start none, won't be none. <laughs> that's so, right. If you don't start none, there won't be none. Uh, that, that's, you that's, want that, to have a short one. That, that's what's that, going to happen. That's a good one for the family, that's too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's good. This is what's perfect. That's what I love about it. And and you do, you kind of breathe that kind of, that, that sense of uh, that energy and everything else in your patients. I can see that and with everybody at your, at your clinic. And, and that being said, I, and I think it's good. If people are out there and you're listening in out West or anywhere else or locally or wherever it may be, you know, you may want to check this out, especially if you're an athlete. I think I hear a lot of athletes say it too. They, they have a tendency, especially when we hear about a fellow athlete, mm-hmm. even somebody not meaning that we know them personally, but just several years ago, the soldier marathon, that was going on there. Wonderful marathon. It was great. Mm-hmm. And, and I hear through the grapevine, it will be coming back, but not under the same name, but, but uh, Cecil Cheeves, who would never want credit, behind the scenes did it and worked. I work with Cecil Close and doing weather reports, whatever it may be. Very generous uh, local, uh, I want to say attorney, and, and I call him a philanthropist too, but he, he gave a lot of his time and energy in his own money to help locals and, and bring this in. And it was great because it was it became a sanctioned race. But when we were doing one one year, it was very, very warm. And we didn't have anybody in our course fall out per se, but we heard somebody in Savannah that same weekend it was running a marathon died of a heart attack and people knew who this person was. He was very well known. He was a good runner. Same thing. Just from a heart attack, died right on the course. You hear that and all of a sudden you have this energy going, yeah, man, we, we maybe we should go see a doctor. We should go talk to our cardiologist. We should see this and that. Because it does. You 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 think that when you're running and sometimes you'll little skip of the beat of your heart right. if you're ri- riding a bike, mm-hmm. kayaking, like you said, any activity, any activity. Mm-hmm. I keep picking on running and stuff like that, but any activity could be weightlifting, whatever it may be. And I've done it all, swimming. Is that... When do you know, like you said, when does it become alarming, though? I'm still trying to figure out when do we, as as an athlete or somebody, and we want to stay, you know, active mm-hmm. and fit mm-hmm. and not paranoid, not a hypochondriac here, but we want to get out there and, and get results. What, what, how do we know when to do that? When should well, we say? Well, I think let's back up and say there's yeah. two different types of heart attacks okay. and, and there's two different, ty- different types of coronary issues. So the classic kind of coronary issues, the kind of classic anginal pain that we say, we call it typical anginal pain, is from blockage that starts, actually, they did a Vietnam study and actually from the Bogalusa heart study way back when, Bogalusa, Louisiana, yeah, Louisiana. If, if you know, it's, 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 if they were going to give Louisiana an enema, they'd probably stick it somewhere in or around <laughs> Bogalusa. But the one thing that, that, yeah. that, that really came out of Bogalusa that's wonderful is the study where it looked at the, long, the, the longitudinal assessment of cardiovascular disease. And what they found was kids as young as 18 years old start having fatty streaks in their aorta and in their coronaries. And as time goes on, we see that kind of build and build and build. And so when we think about classic angina, it's a supply-demand issue. So you develop blockage in the coronary arteries. And the classic story is I do a certain amount of activity, I feel chest pain, I stop, and it gets better. I do a certain amount, and it's predictable. That's one type, and then it closes up so tight that you can then have rest angina, and then that's a problem. But the type of, really, the majority of heart attacks that we see actually come from not that 99% blockage. A lot of them come from a 30% blockage, which would be called kind of an eccentric plaque in the, in the side of the artery. And what happens in those cases, for whatever reason, that plaque will rupture. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a fat-laden, it's got some calcium in there. And, and when it ruptures, it becomes a huge nidus for blood clot. Mm-hmm. And it's that acute blood clot that causes the sudden stoppage of blood flow t- forward. And that's the, that's the type, of, that's the type of, of thing where, you know, you come in the hospital in the ER, they see the, the classic uh, EKG signs, and then you immediately get whisked off to the cath lab. That is gotcha. what we call, usually that's a, an ST elevation MI. Um, the other type tends to be, you know, when it says, hey, I'm getting some chest pain here and there, those are the type that we have some time to get a stress test and then, you know, maybe do a, a catheterization as an outpatient and that type of thing. But but really, a lot of this is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I think, again, we work on the things that we can that we can do. You know, if we back, if you think back to your days in Buffalo That's and when right. I was in Pittsburgh and, and even in Baltimore, a l- huge increase in heart attacks when the snow comes At, and you've got to shovel. So for, so for a lot of people, it's the, I don't normally do a whole lot. I then go out and try to do a whole lot at one time and then boom. That's that's when you fall out. We call that DFO done fell out. You done fell out. That's right. That's now good, you can also you can also DFOIC, <laughs> which is done fell out in church. <laughs> if you if you feel the spirit and pass out. Amen. Amen, Amen. brother. That's Amen. right. That's, and, and I'm glad you said it because that answers a couple questions. So if anyone out there is considering 
to kind of jump in there, um, obviously you already know what to do if you listen to the beginning of this podcast, if you had COVID or something like that, that could bring in a post-COVID type type uh, event, but to, to listen to yourself and get into some strength training. But to, you know, if you're somebody who's sedentary, just don't dive into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and definitely, I, and I want to answer that question again, like when do we know where to go in? Maybe just go in yeah. if you're an athlete. I mean, why not? Absolutely. I mean, but when you just go in, you're not going to just go ahead and do something invasive. You're not going to, you're not going to do a stress test or, no. or any kind of, what would you do? How would you find out? What are the, some of the things you would do? How long would it take to determine? So we kind of take it on a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. It really normally what, what really is, is symptoms. So symptoms of things uh, like fatigue, some shortness okay. of breath. Um, so a lot of it take, you know, chest pain, obviously. Um, but, uh, but, but really the symptoms are usually what bring people in. And then, and we normally, we try to do everything non-invasively at first. I mean, we have non-invasive stress tests. We have echocardiography, which allows us to see how the heart is squeezing, how well it's relaxing. We can look at your valves. Obviously we start off with an EKG. If there's anything off on the EKG, sometimes some of the rhythms that we see, then you know, precipitate a further part of the workout. We do that cardiopulmonary exercise test that we right. talked about. Um, we also have monitors, so we can look at your EKG. We've got some that we do for 24 hours. The one that I really like, though, we can do for a week or two weeks or a month if necessary. It's a single patch, and it comes with its own cell phone. So oh, if you wow. feel something, you can hit the button, and then on the phone you can put down what you're feeling. Um, but the beauty of it is with the technology and with the AI now, it's watching you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If it sees anything abnormal for you, it will record it for me. If it sees anything that is worrisome, it will actually call me. That's unbelievable. So, you know, so, well, because patients are sitting there saying, well, how do I know if I've got a bad rhythm? I don't want to sit for two weeks on this thing and then, and then wait to show up at the office to find out I've got a, you know, a stroke risk or yeah. something like that. Stroke that you just put up. And I love that the artificial intelligence in that regard mm-hmm. is a good thing. Yes. <laughs> Not a good thing when it takes over our jobs or Correct. something else or it just starts telling you what to do. But when you, you have that kind of technology at your hands and disposal, which mm-hmm. is, is awesome. Um, with diets and certain foods that mm-hmm. you eat, what do you recommend then for some of these people to eat? Let's say somebody did go to you mm-hmm. and, and that AI did discover somebody has some plaque or, you know, they have more, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you hear the carotid artery thing sure. with other people. I mean, how do we, you know, how do you know when that happens? Are there any symptoms? But when you do find out, what can we do to prevent them right. in addition to perhaps sure. some medicine? What would really, we- really a part of a, a good physical exam is for me to listen to the carotids. If we hear a little whoosh there, which is also called a brewy, we can, we can do in-house, we can do an ultrasound of your carotids to see if there's any sign of any plaque buildup and that type of thing. Um, but, but as far as foods go, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer. If there was one diet that worked for everybody, there'd be one diet book, right? Sure, sure. So, so really what I tell people is, you know, think about what your lifestyle is, think about what you need. And Everybody is different in terms of what they need. I mean, certainly, you know, we think about low sodium. We think about, um, I'm a big believer in low carbohydrate and the ketogenic diet for a lot of people. Um, But I don't feel like everybody has to do that. For some people, the Mediterranean diet is a much better diet for them. Uh, For others, a vegan diet or things like that. But certainly, you know, and I think a lot of times too, we have a very bad relationship with food in America. And I I think that that we really have to kind of change your attitude and really think more of your food as your fuel. And, And if you think about that, uh, you know, a, a little bit more in that way, then I think it can change, change how people feel about food and, and, and that type of thing. I feel good even about this whole conversation we're having and anybody out there, any reluctancy to working out should never be really. Mm-hmm. And if you get the proper diagnosis and make sure that you're in line to where you should be, or at least your body and, and having someone like yourself explain to right. people, say, look, let's figure out your genetics. And you do ask a lot of questions like, tell me about your family history. Mm-hmm. That's why you fill all, there's a reason why we fill all that stuff out. And, and we actually have genetic testing. So there are some disease that states too. that we have that we do genetic testing. If you've got, had a family that had heart, if you had a family member that have heart, had heart failure, um, we have a full genetic panel that we can do. Oftentimes it is free of charge to the patient. Um, all it requires, they actually spit into a tube um, instead of trying to get blood and things like that. And then a couple of weeks later, we have your genetic background as far as, as far as, you know, are you predisposed to having a cardiomyopathy and that kind of thing? I think one of the things to your point, though, about, about getting out there, you know, oftentimes I have patients that, that haven't done a lot in a long time. And so when I start saying, hey, we need to come up with a good exercise program, and they start coming out, you know, with, oh, you know, I got this, I got that. That's right. You know, kind of reminds me of those, there's one song, you know, my neck, my back, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I, don't rem- I don't remember the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, 
But that's for a different podcast. There was, well, there's but, a comedian like that, a, yeah. an Italian comedian, right. was Dominic something back in the 80s. Right. And he goes, hey, I went to go visit mm-hmm. my Uncle Tony the other day. I said, hey, Uncle Tony, how you doing? He goes, eh, you know, i got a pain in my neck and my back. I can't do anything. But, uh, you know, Louise keeps yelling at me. My head is pounding. But <laughs> right. other than that, I can't complain. Exactly. Yeah, but you're complaining. Man. But but I think the key thing there, too, is I tell people, I said, listen, at the end of the day, you just have to find what works for you. I've got actually, I've got one of my patients. This is a wonderful gentleman who's a prominent fellow in this community. He's got terrible, terrible back pain, but he has figured out a way that he can walk a certain distance, he can swim a certain distance, and he can bicycle a certain distance. And by doing that, he is able to overcome his back pain. We not not everyone out there is an ultra marathon runner, and you don't have to be. No. It's it could be a walk, a brisk walk. In fact, walking, and, and I know this is that it's the best way to burn calories. It's sure. the best way to lose weight, to right. drop weight. Just a nice steady, keep that heart rate at a certain level. Now, speaking of heart rate, I have this. I'm at 63. No, now back up to 70. Could it be because I'm a little excited here talking to you here uh, about a topic that I enjoy. But there's also a new thing on here, and it's called SpO2. The, yes, and. Why is that critical? And you hear a lot of that even during this COVID time. Mm -hmm. And athletes are looking at this now, too, while you're sleeping. It records while you're sleeping through some infrared data. How does it work? So so the SpO2 is your oxygen saturation. So essentially what it's doing is it's picking up how much oxygen is in your bloodstream. And and it gives you a percentage. And um, if you think about if you had family members at at the hospital, it's usually a little piece of tape that goes around the finger. It's got a little red light. Okay, gotcha. So this is giving you that same type of information. Really, there's two points there. One, we really want to have our oxygen saturation above 88%. Now, you got to be a little careful. My mom and dad have, a, have an oxygen monitor, and they, 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 they uh, uh, compete with each other. My mom will say, oh, I'm at 94. My dad says, well, I'm at 96. And so, yeah. you know, great times, older, older parents. Right. But, um, but that said, uh, you know, keeping it above 88% is actually really important. And there are people who have intrinsic lung conditions. And certainly we say with, if you've got COVID, you know, don't come to the hospital, or at least especially when the hospitals were packed. Sure. Don't come, watch your oxygen saturation. As long as your oxygen saturation is good, then we're doing okay. And we can handle it as an outpatient. But the nighttime is also really important. Sleep apnea is, is sleep is much like we talked about the interaction, how exercise and the interaction between large muscles and the heart. Sleep is the next, is the next frontier. No longer is sleep measured in how many hours did you get? It's really about quality of sleep. I'd rather you get three hours of quality sleep than 15 hours of lousy sleep. Interesting. And when you have, and if you have sleep apnea, you essentially, the soft tissue in the back of your throat, there's a couple of different types of sleep apnea, but the most common type is obstructive, where the soft tissue in the back of the throat falls, and your body is trying to move air when you sleep, but it physically can't. And so the classic story I hear, especially from, mm. from spouses, is, yeah, my husband is snore, 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 pause, snore, snore, snore. Yeah. And, and so... You know, they'll say, hey, I'm hitting you in the, in the in, you know, I'm hitting them, telling them to roll over. Right. But that's a symptom of, a, of potentially an issue. And we know that, that cardiovascular health is linked to sleep. So sleep apnea increases your risk of heart attack and stroke. It increases your risk of atrial fibrillation. Right. It also, we now know one of my partners uh, up, in, up in Pittsburgh had data showing that, that just the vibration of snoring actually promotes blood, cl- or promotes plaque in the carotids. Oh, my. Um, and so, so oftentimes what happens is if you're physically not moving air with sleep, sleep apnea, your oxygen saturation will drop. And in fact, that's one of the screening tools a lot of people have is, um, is they'll just have do a nocturnal oxygen saturation. So, so that's actually, and that's one of the beautiful things about the iWatch. Well, not trying to promote anybody in no, particular. Fitbit, iconic. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. Okay, there you go. Fantastic. Although Peter Cook did go to Auburn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, he did. But, uh, but with the, um, but, but with that, you watch your oxygen saturation and then that gives you some inference as to whether or not your sleep uh, is a problem. And then you can get tested. And for, for people who get started on, on sleep apnea treatment, it can be transformative. My father called me a week after starting his sleep apnea treatment. He said, Hunter, he said, I just realized now I haven't had a good night's sleep in 25 years until this week. Does your dad exercise? He does. Okay. He, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's probably one of the healthiest 77 year olds I know. Wow. Um, he's one of those guys. He said, Hunter, my only problem is I'm a 17 year old brain stuck <laughs> in a 77 year old body. That's happening to me in my <laughs> mid fifties now. So I can feel that too. Yeah, yes, I used definitely. to tell people all the time. Yes. I said the best combination is young doctors and old lawyers. Yes. But now that I turned 50, <laughs> I don't know if I can really call myself a young doctor anymore. That's right. Isn't it scary? I know how fast nice. it, it goes by quickly. It does. It? But keep into that, that mental speaking of which, you know, knowing these things and, and being armed with this information and somebody out there that may feel listless or they don't mm-hmm. have the, the energy or stamina could be a lack of sleep. They, they may want to invest in one of these. Mm-hmm. These are, in what you're saying, these are pretty accurate. Would you say, is it true that the, this even breaks it down so much so that it shows you high variations yes. of your, your oxygen levels. It where does. 
there was one moment that it peaked above in the high, and the rest of it's very low for me, which mm-hmm. I guess is good. Would that high indicate, what does that indicate, maybe a little apnea or a little snoring, or do, what do you think? It, it could be. It could be a little okay. apnea. It could be a little snoring. And, and, and a little bit of that, not a big deal. Okay. You know, if, if, if so, so there's some people, they'll just kind of pause a little bit, and, they, and, yeah. and they're, they're oxygen saturated. But if, but if they start spending a lot more time at, at a low oxygen saturation, that may be a, a real reason to say, hey, let's, ha- let's have another look at that. The other thing, too, is especially with some of these devices, I've had a lot of patients come in saying, hey, my device said I'm having AFib. You know, and and wow. and that's huge because AFib is sure. a major risk factor for stroke because a clot it does it does the same thing you said about clotting. That's exactly right. And so and so you know, and I've got a lot of people. We see a lot of people from the hospital. Their first you know inference that they had any sign of atrial fibrillation was actually when they had their stroke. And so so by being able to pick something up sooner than that is is huge. Good investment, then you'd mm-hmm. say. So let's invest in some of these smart watches, whether if you have a phone that would be an Apple or something, go with the eye, or if you, you know, mine still talks with the right app, the Fitbit <laughs> Iconic. It did do something interesting. And I, I, and you may, I know you're talking to so many people, but when I had COVID, I did notice that my SPO2 now is 96. Mm-hmm. It goes 96, 98 rarely. Mm-hmm. I, like a good day, it's like, gosh, I had 98. I get so, like you said, like your parents, <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm, 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 you know, competing with myself. Like, sure. I, I had 98 last yeah. week and now I'm at 96. I generally hold about 96. Mm-hmm. And again, this is showing me last night's recording, obviously. And it says a 93-99. Is that what I'm That's kind of your range, correct. That's my range, my correct. range. And so you said 88 is something we have to watch out for. I know during COVID, though, I went down to 91. Mm-hmm. And that, that flipped me out. I yep. got scared. And that's that's when I started calling you. Know, calling you. Sure, <laughs> sure. Because I'm not paranoid. right. Been accused of being a hypochondriac, but not going to I'll always go there. answer your call. I don't know if it's going to be about an EF, you know, three, or three, if it's yes. going to be, you know, or or, or it's going to be about uh, about your smartwatch. Yes, but it, I'll always answer the call. And that's a speed. That's on speed dial. When it's an EF, <laughs> right. EF three, we're on speed dial. But but again, it's it, no shame in the game. No. no shame to know that if you're experiencing something, you know your body and your rhythm, your rhythm the way it should be. If it's just off kilter, just a, just a little bit. Sure, jump on it. Get the information. Right. Find out why not. Right. I mean, especially if we're armed with so much information, put it to use. I mean, at the end of the day, peace of mind is priceless. Right. And, yeah. and and I tell people all the time, you know, especially, you know, sometimes they'll say, hey, I've got a high copay and things like that for some of these testing. And I say, well, you know, peace of mind is priceless. Plus, I can tell you, if you go spend a night in the hospital f- for, for it to be an observation for chest pain, it's quite pricey. Um, and and yeah. it's, point. you know. And we know that really well. Absolutely. I mean, especially, you know, insur- even with insurance or co-pays or, you know, through the roof, you know, right. you got you to gotta pay all that. And if you haven't paid it, you're going to pay it. I'm sure. <laughs> you want to pay it first. But this, this is, this is really good information. All this that we're talking about, um, you know, cardio health, thickening of the heart, which I thought that was wild mm-hmm. for something that would be high blood pressure related is not a good thing, but not bad when it's athletic and do, so to speak, you know, you're working out a lot. Is there... Anything else that we can do for anyone out there that says, geez, I just can't afford a cardiologist. They're young. I don't have mm-hmm. insurance or I don't have this and that right now. They're sure. thinking in that that way. What should they, if there's just a basic checklist, just maybe three things, what would be three things that that new athlete or that athlete that is out there that hasn't gone to the doctor, doesn't have a cardiologist? And I hear that too. Bob goes, ah, man, you know, I'm not going to do it. Hey, if it's my, what could they do though? There could be something there that. That, that maybe would be a smart daily check and balance? Right. Well, I think, again, I think the, the key thing there is, is, you know, listen to your body, you know, take, take a good inventory. Self, self-assessment is huge. And, and, and being able to assess yourself, um, you know, do you have symptoms? When you do ease into it, when you do get started, are you, are you getting more winded than the average person? You know, oftentimes it's just conditioning. Uh, but, you know, check your blood pressure. You know, you can check your blood pressure as easily as just going to Sam's Club or Walmart, anywhere with a pharmacy. I think they've been closed off because of COVID at some sure. point. But stick your arm in the machine and, and see what your blood pressure is. If it's abnormally high, then maybe check it every no, every so often. Maybe get yourself a blood pressure cuff. Probably would not be a good anniversary gift. But but, but get yourself a blood pressure cuff and, and, and check your blood pressure on a regular basis. Um, talk with your primary care doctor. I mean, you know, really, and I tell people all the time, you've got to have a primary care doctor. And a lot of people matter say, if you have insurance. Just get it done. Exactly. But I, I'll other patients will say, Hunter, Hunter, I want you and Kyle to be my primary care yeah. doctors. I said, Oh no, you know, I don't, I don't do yeah. that. You know, right. I'll, uh, I'll give you, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. I said, yeah. but you know, I, I do hearts. I don't do guts and butts. I don't do backs <laughs> and cracks or nerves and swerves. So when you got those other things, you need to see your primary care doctor. Speaking of butts and, and cracks and all that good stuff, I'm going to be real <laughs> blunt here. We had a great, great exchange uh, recently, and I, I'm, I'm breaking away for this just for a minute. Much I know. to Teresa's chagrin. Yes, exactly. My wife is like, he's not going to go there. She's listening right now. He's not doing this. But I 
they have to do it because they think it's interesting. Anyone in the medical field, and we just talked about cardiovascular health, and that includes obviously pulmonary as well mm-hmm. and vascular. And of course, we're talking about our heart, you know, keeping it strong, but keeping ourselves clean is. <laughs> It's critical. So we said this, and we laugh and we joke about mm-hmm. it. People are uncomfortable with it, but let's just be real about it. Yep. Why in Europe, when I went to Stockholm, Sweden, and you know, and you see this thing, this basin there, right? Bidet. Yeah. Why are Europeans more inclined to see this more, but we don't here in the United States? You know, we've we've all been taught. I mean, all the way to to to, to you know our grandparents. You know, we've been taught to be ashamed of talking about the rear ends, and yeah, and you know, and, 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 you know we always joke us. You know, that, that went over about like a toot in church and <laughs> and things like that. And, you know, in but, church, but, I haven't but, heard that. <laughs> but but you know, at the at, at the at, at the end of the day, you know, it's funny because we all do it. We all right. go to the bathroom. You know, some people may may work very hard to try to try not sure. to let you know that but 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 we all do and and you know in in europe they're a lot more open in terms of you know in terms of that type of thing but but you know if you think about bidets and if you think about cleanliness and health and things like that you know some people talk about hey i've i went to the bathroom and i had to go take a shower well you know the best thing about a bidet is 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 cleanliness and it's easy and i can tell you one thing the champion family was very well at least i was very happy you know that i was like like my wife she was (laughs) like come on exactly (laughs) but but you remember we had the toilet paper shortage Yes, you know? that's right. What so, happened so, back about a year ago, right? less than more, a little more a year exactly. ago today. But you know, it's amazing how many different types of bidets you could go for. The there's a there's a ten thousand dollar Toto toilet where sure. you walk into the room and the lid opens up for you and it actually oh. plays music. Oh it's pretty amazing. I do not have that. Um, yeah. And then you but then you also have just personal handheld travel bidets, okay. and then you have everything in the middle where I think most people would would fall is actually the the toilet lid. So they have attachments for the toilet lid. It's not toilet water it's clean water know, that's see, that's that's kind of the psychology of it. like, exactly is, oh, come on it's, exactly. it's, it's not potable water right. it's not recyclable water right it's, it's not uh, <laughs> right but, 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 but when i asked my wife i said hey she said what do you want for your birthday i said all i really want is i want a plug put down by my toilet in my office i have an office in the house and i've got okay. my own little personal my personal space and i said i just want a plug and she was like okay great i'll do that for you yeah. and i think she was thinking i wanted a place to charge my phone and so but i'd gotten i'd gotten a bidet um a lid and essentially it you, it mm-hmm. replaces your your toilet lid it plugs into the wall and then it's a very simple uh, connection to the incoming water for your toilet and a little arm comes out it's got a remote control you can control the temperature it can be cold or hot water you can control the where where it sprays you can control um uh, love it. Uh, it, the the lid itself has a fan that has a charcoal filter for for smell it has a heater so it's got a little blow dryer heater for you if that's if, if this if, is if the cadillac of, this, of bidets uh, it's this called the bb2000 oh this and and, uh, and I and I, I talked to it. I said, you know, baby, thank you so much for everything you do for me. But um, but but no, I said, you know, it's uh, it, it's interesting. And you know, if you think about it, let's just say for argument's sake, you're cooking dinner, and and you have sure. a, you have a messy frying pan. Yeah. Do you go get a handful of paper towel, dry paper towels, and just start wiping on it to try to get it clean? Great analogy. No. Great analogy. You put it in the sink and you <laughs> pour right. some water on it. This is the same. This is the same thing. Dylan, our producer, is getting Dylan. Dylan, show yourself. Look at a look at Dylan's face. You can't see under the mask. Here. He's he's having. He's like nineteen year old here. He's saying, you're, you're, "What do you think now? You know, Dylan, this may be something up your alley, so, so to speak." I gotta start saving up for a bidet now. Right? Hey. This is changing my life. Great, great, great Christmas gift. And actually, what's pretty amazing, if you actually look at it, they've really come down in, in, in prices. You can get something like that from Amazon, like we have. Sure. But but I mean, they have just some that are very simple attachments that are less than a hundred dollars. And um, and again, save on toilet paper and 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 you know. As I said before, it's just one of the things. It's about cleanliness, and and it limits chafing. It, yeah. uh, it you know a lot of those a lot of those issues that people have right. um, with chafing, and, and especially with uh, you know sometimes if you think about it, one of my my, my youngest son when he was uh, I think five, he had a, a GI bug, and he looked at me, he said, yeah. "Daddy," he said. Diarrhea is funny the first two yeah, times you have, and he's after that it just hurts. Oh, you're right, and so so this helps also limit issues like that that's, as well. That's this is this is great because when you start talking about heart health, we're mm-hmm. talking about the exterior health and our mm-hmm. and our, our bottom health. Which well, of course, you know sense. there is the cardiac rectal uh, axis. Yeah, there you go. That's right. No, not really. I'm just messing around. <laughs> well, I thought about, I was thinking the Earth spinning. <laughs> gotcha, right. So I started thinking something like that, <laughs> gotcha. something that would have something new planetary or something right. like that. But but in that boundary, mm-hmm. speaking of which, in in, in a in a, in a 
black body, we would say. We would take it from that point of view. It's it's one of those uh, fun things that you can even talk about, but it adds confidence. I would think it's a confident thing, even if you have those disposable wipes or something like that. Sure. People, that, that is something that's personal, but but it you know it eliminates odor. It just yep. it makes sense. The Absolutely. whole thing makes sense. I, I just but we talked about it, and, and it was like a, a bit in jest, but it but it makes a lot of sense, and I'm I'm totally understanding it. Right. I mean, I, I think. It's uh, it, it would make a lot of sense even from an athletic point of view. I sure. mean, if you're working out, you're sweating, and this right. and that, why not have that you know at your disposal? Right. Well, and also too, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, as we get older, I think we appreciate kind of the sensitivity of certain areas of the body and, sure. and, and that type of thing. And I think especially as, as you as you get older, it's a much better option than 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 what we've had for you know fifty or hundred years. It seems like when the Puritans came here, it caused all this uptightness, if yeah. you will, in, in our in our you know, United States of America here. I mean, they'll right. breastfeed out in the open there, and it's another topic for another story. Sure. But I, it's just crazy how we think things are dirty, mm-hmm. shouldn't talk about or whatever. And really, frankly, it's just it's just it's nature one one. Especially something are. we always we all do as well. I know it's crazy. Right. Something that's just done, it and we just don't think. You know, people just can't go there. But uh, we just did. Right, we did. <laughs> but we didn't literally go. We were talking about it. That's what we're talking about. But I'll be going back to you know, just think about that. Mm-hmm. Think about for a minute that you're keeping yourself fit, mm-hmm. healthy, clean, mm-hmm. and all these things go together. Also keeping the pipes clean yes. and the internal side of things right. are something that we really should all consider. I think if we were to just to kind of put this all back in a nice little bow again, mm-hmm. we need to let people know that if you don't know what's going on inside the pipes, you know, you could, there could be something bad, you know, waiting to happen. Sure. But I think with education and, and just the the way people are open now about it mm-hmm. and, and you you know, you want to get out and change your body, change the way you feel, mm-hmm. you know, externally, internally, whatever it may be. Cardiology is is just one thing that a lot of people maybe just don't consider. And right. and it is a it is a good way. And starting you said start with your primary care physician mm-hmm. and maybe get a recommendation to whom he thinks in his community who might be a good one. I know locally here I of course tout Southeastern cardiology is not station talking i'm just myself right. i've done a lot of work with you i mean there's great cardiologists in town on both sides uh everybody anybody who does it you're all you're all good and but your uniqueness and, and a lot of the folks that you work with mm-hmm. have different specialties right which is interesting is it something you can touch on for i thought i find it very fascinating a- a- yeah. absolutely well certainly you know we have we have shane dara and akram ibrahim who are in our interventional cardiologists and and they're outstanding uh, akram was a chief at emory and and he still goes up there to do the most difficult cases um, we've brought things to or he he i say we that's yeah. the royal way like when my wife sure, says no, look I at what we've it. done in the yard <laughs> look, at we look at what we've done at southeast <laughs> cardiology <laughs> but, we, but but you know yeah. there's there's the there's the there's a special type of a aortic valve replacement that had to be done with an open heart surgery. Now you can do it with a catheter and Dr. Ibrahim and Dr. Dara have done the first two or three of them here in town. So we're bringing high level technology to Columbus and we deserve that here in this town. Sure. Um, You know, Patients ne- don't necessarily want to have to drive to Atlanta, and and you know I, I tell people all the time I said you know kind of with my career and everything like that I said you know come see me it's like academic medicine but with free parking because if you go to an if you go to an That's academic right. center you're usually paying twenty five dollars for half a day of parking. That's right. But um, but we, we have them and then we have a we have a new um, a new interventional cardiologist starting she's she's a, a female coming from Vanderbilt she is outstanding. Great. Um, and then we have Sherry Lopez who is our who is our uh, resident um, uh, imaging person she's amazing at, at imaging and then we have a, another new physician a new cardiologist named Travis Massengill, who is a vascular expert and, and a, just an amazing general cardiologist as well. I do heart failure in general cardiology, um, but we just have such a, such a great and a unique group. One of the things I would touch on is that we, you know, we talked mostly about the heart, but there's also the, the peripheral vascular side. So we're now doing able to do things in the legs. If someone is walking and they get leg pain, that or leg weakness, that may be a sign of blockage. Just like you can have blockages in your heart, you can have blockages in the arteries to your legs. And so we're able to do things here now that we used to not be able to do where we can look and put stents into the arteries and the legs and really transform people's lives. I've got one patient, she, whenever she'd go see her next door neighbor, she'd have to sit on the curb four or five times. Yeah, sure. Now, now you can't stop her. She starts walking and she's, she, she keeps going. So extremities, I didn't, you know, you don't even think of that yes. too. When you're experiencing extremities, mm-hmm. they're, they're, that's all vascular. Absolutely. You don't even think about that. Right. So they, these are things that anybody at home listening, that, that could be another sign mm-hmm. that you need to get it taken, taken care of. Go see a cardiologist. Right. Vascular 
get somebody like yourself who specializes even in that as well, but they, they were able to, uh, you know, hopefully give you the right diagnosis and get you in the right direction and see right. what, what you may have to do. And, Absolutely. And change it up. I would never even think of that too, especially in the, in the legs. You feel that heavy leg feeling when athletes usually start out when you're cold. Right. Is that, and we joke about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I say, God, I don't think the blood's getting in my legs right. Yeah. It feels like I got sandbags on my, on my thighs right. as I'm running. Is that, is that a cardio issue? Yeah. Well, I actually, you know, because I get, I get yeah, that a lot. But when you, well, when you think about it, you know, part of the, what the body's job is to conserve blood and conserve heat. And so what happens is when you're in a, in a particularly cold environment, um, you clamp, your body clamps down on the blood vessels in the periphery because it's trying to shut, shunt blood to the, to the main vital organs um, and that type of thing. And so that's why, you know, frostbite, and we see things like that, sure. very common. Um, but, but yes, that's part of the warm-up. And, and so, 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 so we so, say you, gotta, you do that little warm-up and you feel good. And after about mile one, you're like, hey, I feel like everything's loosened up now. Exactly. Exactly. So that doesn't happen, and you continue to have that. It's like you think of everything's like sludge, and it's it's you know Correct. coagulated, it's thick, and it's gooey or whatever. It and, it, and it can end up being a supply demand demand effect. I mean, just yeah. like we talked about with the mm-hmm. heart, where you can walk and you can walk a certain distance, and, and you feel leg pain, or, or we call it claudication. You feel leg pain. You stop and rest, and it gets better. And then, but what people find is, is that blockage gets tighter and tighter and tighter. Mm-hmm. You can then have a situation in which um, in which it takes longer, and then you can also get rest pain. So, and, and it oftentimes comes with other diseases that we that we worry about with vascular problems so things like diabetes so the worst combination is diabetes and uh, arterial blockage because not only are you going to have the problems with healing on the feet as you would with diabetes in general but also you have the limitation in blood flow and so that can be a one-two punch that can really really be a problem in terms of uh, in terms of uh, uh, you know losing a limb or losing a toe or things like that now I'm gonna I'm gonna end on one last thing here before we wrap things up. But now we could Has I could go an hour? I could go yeah I could go oh my fi- I could go five hours with you. This is great. Which I I could I have the episodes five through nine the nine. There you go. <laughs> we may need all those episodes. Right. Is in, and I, I'm speaking of men now, just generally men right here. But erectile dysfunction. Yes. I'm gonna get pretty personal here. Erectile dysfunction or, or sign of impotence yeah. or a way you cannot sustain an erection long enough. Are those signs of cardiovascular? So problems? I don't know if you know this about me, Bob, but yeah. I was actually, so my research thesis when yeah. I was at Tulane, we actually had one of the only models of erectile function. And okay. so we actually did a lot of the preclinical work for the- I didn't know this. For this the, is great. I, in, I just, in, yeah. in fact, our lab actually invented a different type of, of erectile dysfunction treatment. Um, but then my thesis was actually on that same- pathway, the PDE-5, oh. which, which Viagra and Cialis work okay. on, in the lung. And so, um, and then came out of the same lab that Lou Ignero, who shared the Nobel for, ni- for nitric oxide back in 98, down in New Orleans with Phil Katowitz. But, 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 um, but actually, roundabout point, when I was at Hopkins, I had a, really a large erectile dysfunction clinic in cardiology. And so, we know that, that erectile function is a cardiovascular condition. And, um, and so essentially you have these, the, the inside, inside the, the, the tissue is essentially a sponge like material that relaxes that relaxation then promotes blood flow, which then causes the erection. And, um, and, and so when you have heart disease, if you've got high cholesterol, if you have high blood pressure, it affects that organ just as much. And so, so actually erectile dysfunction can be an early sign of, of vascular disease. And so part of, part of what my clinic w- really focused on was we had a lot of people back in the day, they would, they would get a Viagra and they'd say, all right, honey, let's go have dinner. We're going to have a drink. I'm going to come home and put on some Barry White or hey, maybe, baby, maybe, maybe a little Luther, but it has to be fat Luther. It can't be skinny Luther. So put on a little Luther, light that candle we got for Christmas. Right. And then you take the Viagra and then you kind of expect magic to happen. But, but, but in reality, you need to you need to ha- kind of have the rest of the milieu to be appropriate. So so I kind of consider the erection to be a little bit like the the uh, the e- bald eagle, if you will, of 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 of, of, of medicine. If all of the climate and if all of the the um, if if the if the the, uh, the the area and if the ecosystem is is in order, then the bald eagle will exist. If the ecosystem is out of order, then it won't. And same thing here. So, so I had a lot of people who came to me. Uh, it's a great. I never even thought of that. that that's that's remarkable. Yeah. Some famous, some not. But yeah. they would come to me and they say, hey, you know, this just isn't working for me. Well, you know what? We got you get your blood pressure under control. We get your cholesterol under control. 
activity. A low yeah, sleep activity. apnea is another big one. Low testosterone is a major risk factor for erectile dysfunction. And okay. guess what? If you have sleep apnea, your testosterone level drops through a central effect. And so you start putting on fat, you start losing muscle, you start having erectile dysfunction and, and it's a, and it's a slippery slope. But then when you start treating your sleep apnea, testosterone level will shoot back up and a lot of things then improve. So get your testosterone level checked, um, check your blood pressure, check your cholesterol, um, you know, um, and you can talk with either your primary care physician. They're very skilled with that. Um, if not, if there's other more advanced cardiovascular needs, we see patients all the time. Urologists see patients all the time with this as well. And so, you know, between the three of us, we're usually very helpful, at, very skillful at, at being able to to improve that. And, and that's an important quality of life. You know, that's that's something that, you know, uh, that you, you don't just take it or leave it. You just, it's, it's something that's an important part of life. This is, and, and it's, it's uncomfortable for a lot of people to talk about. So that's why I brought it up because people know me. They, you know, I'm not going to ever shy away from an uncomfortable topic. What's the next topic? What's, what's the next uncomfortable topic? Well, I know. Yeah, right. Come on. Hey, this is not over yet. We just went over a little over. But since I <laughs> talked about men, is and we'll leave it, and I will end mm -hmm. on this one here. Women. Yeah. Because what about women? Men, rectile, do women have anything similar in the same area. So, so if you think about the, the, the woman, the female clitoris is yeah. actually analogous to the, to the male penis. Right. And, and there's a lot of nerve endings there. So things like diabetes can affect the nerve endings there. Um, uh, uh, it can be vascular in, in, in nature as well. So, so really it tends not to be, it's not, it tends not to be quite of as, as of a, of a noticeable, sure. you know, problem, right. Right. Uh, like men, it's, you know, it's, right. it's, 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 it's quite noticeable. Obvious. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It generally is, is obvious in that regard, but, but it's, it's something that, uh, that, that if there is sexual dysfunction, then, then that may, it may be something else going on. So, so we're big believers in, 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 you know, if, if there is something that, that is out of the norm for you and, and being able to pay close attention to yourself and taking steady, you know, taking inventory of yourself, okay. um, you know, whether it's now or later, you know, do that and, and, and take a look and, and see what, see what's going on. And, and then if you feel like there's something different, then, then talk with your physician about it. Perfect way to wrap this up. Thank you so much, Dr. Hunter Champion. Fantastic information. Knowing yourself inside and out, understand the heart health and much more. See a cardiologist today. Talk to your primary care physician if you don't know uh, of one or just find out if there's a, a reason why you should go see one and take an inventory of yourself. That's a great way of saying it. And when you feel confident about your own body, whether it's the bidet or something else, all around, you're making yourself feel good and you're on your path for something quite nice for yourself. Thank you so much, Hunter. You did a great job today. Dr. Champion in the house. That Thank you good. so we'll much. We'll be back for episode six through nine. I <laughs> appreciate it. So I'm great. And I want to thank everybody at home for watching here. This has been a fantastic uh, time here. We went over an hour, but it was well worth it with Dr. Champion. You could catch all our full episodes on WRBL.com every Wednesday at 7, 6 Central Eastern Standard Time if you want, or just watch the next day, the replays right here in the podcast play zone. And coming soon, you can find full episodes on demand on Apple, Audible, and Spotify. That's right. Also, feel free to connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at WRBL and on Facebook at Bob WRBL. Of course, that'll do it for us tonight. But And remember, when you focus on yourself, you can achieve great things as you can with your cardio, cardio health. Have a good one, everybody. We'll see you there. Hope this pumped you up. It pumped me up. It did. <laughs> <laughs>